Welcome to Ask the Doula's Podcast. I am Alyssa, and I'm so excited to be talking with Chris Emmer today. Hello, Chris. Hi. So you were a client of ours. You did birth, postpartum, and then sleep with me. Mm-hmm. So we're going to like focus in on sleep today. Let's talk about sleep, the most important <laughs> thing. <laughs> so when did um, you realize that you needed help with sleep? Like how old was Sam? And how did the beginning weeks or months go with sleep? Were you like, oh yeah, this is great. Okay, no definitely wasn't. Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> it's hard to say because honestly, like those first couple months, I call them like the blackout period. Like I kind of don't remember what happened. Yeah. I know I wasn't sleeping. I know I cried a bunch <laughs> and I was breastfeeding like 24 seven, but I, I don't know. It's like all such a blur in those first couple months. And I remember doing a lot of research on everything. So like before I had her, I did a lot of research on um, like car seats and cribs and diapers and like all the things you buy, but I did zero research on sleep and breastfeeding, like the two most important things. Mm -hmm. So after she was born, I felt like I was doing like a crash course in how to have a kid. <laughs> and after doing a lot of internet searches, like downloading ebooks, taking webinars, all these things, I was like, I am so overwhelmed with information. My baby's not sleeping. I feel like I'm going to lose my mind. Like, I just need to talk to a person. And that was when I reached out to you. And, <laughs> and how old was she? Like six months? I think she might have been six months. Yeah. That's what comes to my mind. I think so. So do you feel like you had six months of just pure sleep deprivation like oh. you were just gone absolutely yeah yeah there was like no no day and no night yeah and I remember <laughs> very vividly sitting in my chair in the corner of the nursery breastfeeding and watching my husband when I got out of the bed and went to the chair watching him just sprawl out oh. and take up the entire bed and just like oh. shooting daggers out of my <laughs> eyes <laughs> Sometimes like Again, coughing loudly. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was your night? I would say to him in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, we just had no strategy was the thing. And there was a ton of crying on her part as well. Like she wasn't just having a fly by the seat of her pants good time. She was not a happy camper either. So we're like, okay, let's let's step this up a level. Like we got to do something here. Right. I think the crying part is a, a, a big part of sleep deprivation for the child that the parents don't think about because they'll call me and say I don't want to do cry it out and I'm like good I don't do cry it out but you have to understand that crying is uh, just a healthy part of uh, how a baby communicates and in these sleep deprived months your baby's done a heck of a lot more crying than they're going to do while we get them on a schedule and then there will be no crying so you think about how many cumulatively how many hours of crying she did over those past six months because she was sleep deprived and maybe you have to deal with a little bit of it during sleep training. And I want to kind of hear about the journey from six months until now, because we had some ups and downs with sleep. Like we'd get her on track and then a new developmental milestone would happen. You'd be like, help, yes. <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> That's Alyssa, me <laughs> frantically texting <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> she, let's see. So around six months, I, I honestly think before that she wasn't taking a single nap during the day and when I talked to you you were like okay psycho <laughs> you should be doing actually three naps a day here's like what time you do them here's how it goes and then in the beginning you gave us the shush pat technique mm-hmm. which was what we did for a while there 
and it ended up working super well. I think like before before we decided to like call call in the big shots, which is you, we were like, oh, sleep training, like what a scary word. What a like we better stock up on wine for the weekend. We do that. <laughs> you know, we thought it was gonna be like this traumatic thing and we would both be scarred and our child would be emotionally scarred. But she cried less the first weekend we did sleep training than she did any normal weekend when we weren't doing it. Mm-hmm like significantly less I think she only cried for like 15 minutes the first time and then she fell asleep we're like what I remember you saying how is this possible like did you like what did you do to my child like yeah I was like this is happening whose baby is this yeah who what's happening did you possess my child so yeah we were just like shocked at that it worked (laughs) like almost right away and the cry it was not traumatizing whatsoever what we were doing before was much more traumatizing we were doing that every single day (laughs) so um once we like had a few successes it became much easier to stick to more planned out schedule so that was around six months I I remember the best was the photo you sent of me I think it was like she was now taking like regular naps it was like the third or fourth day in a row and you're like oh my god she's like an hour through this two hour nap we're gonna hit the hot tub and you sent me a picture of like two (laughs) champagne glasses on the edge of the hot tub and you were like yes it's like, like one of my favorite it. parenting memories. <laughs> it was like the greatest success because really like I feel like sleep is probably the most important thing. I think it is. Yeah, especially in terms of sanity for mom and dad. Mm-hmm. Like my emotional state was not stable when I was super sleep deprived. I was just like forgetting everything, like crying at the drop of a hat. It was like it really affects you. Mm-hmm. So on so many levels, your relationship, your child's not happy. Um, so you can't even bond with your child effectively because you're both sleep deprived and unhappy. And then you're like, why are you crying? I don't know what to do, you know, and then you just want to sleep. And then we end up getting in these really bad cycles of, well, I just want to sleep. So let's just do this, whatever this ends up being, whether mm-hmm. it's co-sleeping or breastfeeding or holding or rocking or driving in the car. You just kind of get into survival mode. Yeah, and I would just nurse her to sleep. And I think I spent, oh my God, I feel like I spent the entire summer sitting in my nursing chair trying to breastfeed her to sleep and then like slow motion trying to drop her into the crib. Mm -hmm. And then she would just wake up one second Mm -hmm. later and I'd be like, oh, that was an hour and a half of work. And now she's wide awake. Uh So yeah, (laughs) that was the beginning. (laughs) And then I didn't hear from you for a little while. Yeah. And then probably maybe... Eight or nine months, you think? Like she had another maybe developmental. Mm-hmm. I think you. She was sitting up or something. Something happened that changed. Yeah. She started sitting up and then she started crawling. I remember when she first started crawling, that was a huge change because she would just do laps around her crib. Mm-hmm. She was like running a marathon in there and I'd just watch her on the monitor like, oh my God, I can't shush pack her anymore. She no. hates that. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And it's way too stimulating. Yes. Which I wouldn't have known if I didn't text you again. I was still in there trying to shush power for like hours. She's like, get away from me, lady. She's like, all right, chill, mom. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) But yeah, so at that point, what did we do at that point? We stopped shush pat. Oh, we started uh, the timed out interventions. Yeah, just going in after a certain amount of time, Mm -hmm. increasing intervals. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and that and that worked right, I think, the first day. The first day, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the longest that I went was 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like people 
I previously had thought 15 minutes of my baby crying. Oh, sounds like hell. But once it was happening, I was like, oh, wait, I do this all the time. Like I've done this a million times. I'll actually just put away the dishes and like make a snack and then, oh, look at the monitor. She's asleep. Yep. It was super easy. And she got the hang of it almost immediately. So once I stopped trying to shush pat her and wake her up from her (laughs) ability to put herself to sleep, it was not a big deal anymore. But yeah, same thing. Like that, that milestone came up and totally changed the sleep game. Mm-hmm. So where is she at now? Oh my God, she sleeps through the night. Yay! I'm so happy. And how many months is she? She's going to be 11 months okay. next week. Yeah. And she's been sleeping through the night every night for, I don't know, a couple of weeks at least. Awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. And she goes down super easy for her morning nap. It's like not, it's not even an issue anymore. I remember I used to, in the beginning of the week, I would count how many times I would have to put her down for naps that week. So there were like three per day, five days in in the week, the week where I'm home alone. So that would be like 15 nap put downs. And I would be like, okay, I'm at six out of 15. I can do this. And now it's like, it doesn't matter who puts her down for a nap because I just set her in the crib. Yeah. Her body just knows it's time. Mm -hmm. She doesn't fight it. Incredible. I know. It's a game changer. And you're feeling good. I'm feeling Your good. feeling good. Yeah, well, he got not to sleep he, through the night yeah, for a long time. Not that it affected him too much, right? <laughs> I was just watching him. But I wondered this. Yeah. How long do you think it takes after your baby sleeps through the night for you to feel well-rested again? That's funny because a lot of times we'll do sleep consultations and we'll say, how did you sleep? And I go, oh, I had one um, dad tell me I heard phantom crying all night. Like I couldn't sleep because I just, I'm so used to waking up. I've been used to waking up. I think their babies were like nine or 11 weeks or something. So two months straight, you know, it's not six months, but it's two months. Mm -hmm. It took him a good week or so to get back into his own groove. Mm -hmm. So you just need to figure out your groove again. So maybe you're trying to stay up too late. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I do still wake up to any little noise on the monitor i'm like oh is she okay so turn the monitor off what yeah you can do that (laughs) (laughs) as soon as my daughter started sleeping through the night was old enough that i was like she's she's so fine yeah monitor off actually monitor not even in my room anymore and earplugs in she's just down the hall if she starts crying i'm going to hear her but i don't want to hear every little like wake up i don't want to hear every little peep and I still do that. Earplugs oh in. Oh my god, that's genius! Because if we can, if she's really crying, we can. You're gonna absolutely hear her. Absolutely. But yeah, the little like rumbles in the night wake mm-hmm. me up, and then I'm like, oh, is she okay? And then I just wash the no, monitor like it's good. a TV show. She's good. Oh my god. Yeah, okay. you're like causing yourself more anxiety than you need by checking that dumb monitor. Yeah. Okay. They're lifesavers in the beginning and especially during training mm-hmm. because then you don't have to get out of bed. You can go, oh, she's just rustling around. Okay, she's calming down. Okay, she's back asleep. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have to get out of bed. But now that she's steady and she's got a nap schedule and she's sleeping through the night, she's good. I'm gonna change my world. <laughs> <laughs> Go buy some earplugs when we leave. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't wanna wake up at every little peep. No. And as a mom, we're like, it's just, we're always going to do that now. Every single little noise. Are they okay? Are they okay? They're okay. I love that. And I always, I mean, my daughter's six now. I always check in on her. Yeah. Like, I put her to bed, or my, my husband will put her to bed, and I still, before bed, check in on her once or twice before I go to sleep. Because mm-hmm. I just like that peace of mind. I'm going to sleep now. I'm putting my earplugs in. 
I want to get a good night's rest, she's okay. Wow. When do you think they started making video baby monitors? I don't know. Good question. Because I often wonder, like, what did my mom Not do? Not that long ago. Not that long ago? Mm-mm. I think it's kind of a new, like, within the past decade. Yeah. Yeah, because they just had the noise one. Mm. You know, they had the sound ones mm-hmm. when we were little. We survived. Yeah. So what's one tip you would give somebody about sleep training? Oh my God. Get a plan ASAP. (laughs) Don't wait. (laughs) Don't wait. I honestly like, sometimes I want to have a second kid just so I can like nail it on certain things that I like really struggled with this time. And one of them is sleep. Like I would have, first of all, I would have gotten out of her room. We slept in her room like a couple feet away from her until January 1st. So she was born in June. It's eight months. We slept in the same room as her for eight months. Is that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so the AAP says that you should room share for 12 months. That's like their safe sleep guideline. Mm-hmm. For most parents, that's not conducive to their lifestyle. Um, you have to get up early for work. You have older kids. But some people do room share for six to 12 months. It does make sleep training a little bit more difficult because you're hearing them and they're hearing you. So it's really up to the parents. So it's not crazy that you did it, but I think it definitely didn't help your situation. Right. Yeah, I found that we were doing exactly that. Keeping We were both keeping each other up all night. Mm-hmm. So when we got out of the room, that was a huge game changer. But just getting even more consistency for naps and like, yeah, just having a game plan instead of just all the crying for nothing you know all the crying for just a hot mess and no nap it just feels like a waste so then when it was like a few minutes of crying for a reason it was so much easier to do because I knew it was like for her good yeah and my good as well well and crying just to cry does you no good so I'll have clients come to me and say I've we've done tried like we've done cried out we've tried it we've let her cry for two hours I'm like that was for nothing. That's mm-hmm. absolutely for nothing. And that is doing your child harm and enough, giving her unnecessary stress. You have to have a plan and you have to have somebody, an expert, telling you, here's the plan, here's how it's going to work, here's how we execute it to get good results. Because if you just try it on your own, it is all for nothing. <laughs> and it's so hard because the people give up. Parents just want to give up. I tried it. It didn't work. I give up. I throw in the towel. Like, I'm just going to give in and do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard. Or people will say, oh, I did this online course. I'm like, well, that online course doesn't know you. They don't know your baby. They don't know your parenting style. They don't know what you tried. They don't know what works and what didn't work. Yep. So it's really hard. The, we, well, I guess I should say I downloaded, like, um, like I said, a million eBooks, did all these online courses, like everything. And it just, like you said, it wasn't my baby, you know, I read it and I was like, yeah, it sounds awesome to be able to do that. My baby would never in a million years do that. So I like read all the things that I was supposed to be doing. And honestly, those just made me more anxious because it made me feel like more of a failure. Right. I did it and I'm still failing. So what, like what, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Or maybe that method would have worked, but they didn't tell you how to execute it for your baby. Yes. Or how to troubleshoot. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so I went in and did this. Now I'm out of the room and she's doing this. What's next? And then when you just have a book for me, I would, what would be next is to go and grab her and breastfeed her. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. Let's get a boob in her mouth. See what happens. Well, that's why having my one-on-one support is like, okay, when that happens, you can text me and say, oh no, like this is not 
like this is not supposed to happen what do I do and I can say yes it is supposed to happen this you know you're, you did it totally fine you did exactly what you needed to do let's just wait it out for five minutes yep the um, text message support over the weekend we did that twice right yeah. that yeah. was the 1000% game changer like I cannot even recommend that enough because those minutes when you're like getting like you're gonna break <laughs> you know you're like I don't know what to do uh, I gotta go in there instead I would text you and you would say like you got this one more minute or whatever or you'd say give it 10 more and if it doesn't work out then go get her and I'd be like okay you yeah. know or let's try this and if it doesn't work again tomorrow we're gonna think of a plan b mm-hmm yeah the text message support was the absolute game changer and just having a human is it also holds you really accountable because yeah, I knew that you were going to do. Yeah. I'm going to text yeah. you and say, what'd you do last night? Exactly. How did it go? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you move out of that room? <laughs> yeah. So like the, the accountability to actually implement the things that you're learning makes it so that you can't back out <laughs> without being a liar. Right. <laughs> I'll know. I'll be checking your Instagram feed. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure you're not lying to me about this. <laughs> but yeah, that that was um, the biggest, like, the biggest, best thing that we did in parenting, I think, was to figure out sleep. It's huge. That's why I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it can be detrimental to your health and your relationships mm-hmm. to have good sleep or bad sleep. It's true. Well, cool. Anything else you want to say? Definitely don't wait to do sleep training would be what I would say. Next time around, well, if I do a next time around, I'm going to start sleep training like immediately, you know, because I think there are ways to start healthy sleep habits from the beginning. Yeah. It's not sleep training. I mean, a a six weeks old, six week old baby can't sleep through the night. Right. Like just teaching them. Yeah. Starting to develop good good habits. habits. Mm -hmm. Yep. Because we had no clue. I mean, I look back at the the beginning when we first got home from the hospital like i would have her in her uh bassinet like in the middle of the living room middle of the day music blaring and i'd be like why aren't you going to sleep just go to sleep (laughs) but (laughs) well which now you're like that seems just like common sense but when you're in a fog Mm-hmm. And you're you're sleep deprived, and all you're worried about is breastfeeding this baby and trying to get. You don't. You're not even thinking clearly enough to realize that this baby's in the middle of the room in daylight with music blaring. Why won't they sleep? Like it didn't even cross your mind that that could be unhealthy sleep habit. Right? Exactly. Yeah. It didn't even cross your mind. Yeah. So my advice is, when you are in your sleep deprived brain fog, don't rely on your own brain. <laughs> rely on someone else's brain right i'm gonna do this myself because (laughs) sleep deprivation is a good place to start it's not it's not statistically one and a half hours of lost sleep in one night you are um as impaired as a drunk driver is that for real Mm -hmm. one and a half hours Mm -hmm. of sleep lost in one night Mm -hmm. you're as as impaired as a drunk driver Mm -hmm. and we drive around our kids like this yeah so then what is considered a full night's sleep for an adult? Probably eight hours. Eight hours. I mean, some of us need nine, some need seven. Mm-hmm. But like for you and what your body needs, if you lose an hour or two, hour and a half to two hours. Wow, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're like buzzed driving. Yeah, it's scary. I believe it, though. I feel it. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm sleep deprived, you can like 
feel almost like your head just kind of goes into another space and you're thinking about that's that's when you're driving and you're like missed your exit because mm-hmm. you weren't paying attention mm-hmm. i've missed my own road yeah yeah <laughs> seriously <laughs> like multiple times yeah as you're young and I'm like, and like oh. oh okay yeah yeah or you go home you're like how did i get here mm-hmm. well yeah you're in a fog <laughs> good thing she's sleeping through the night now yes. <laughs> awesome well thanks for for joining me today we'll have you on again another time to talk about um i want to hear more about your business awesome awesome well thanks for listening you can find us at goldcoastdoulas.com instagram facebook and you can find our podcast on itunes and soundcloud remember these moments are golden